Hello, word nerds. Welcome to another episode of the Dictionary. Today, ooh, yes, today is August 16th, and it is my dad's birthday. Happy birthday, dad. I'm recording this many days uh, before your actual birthday, but uh, this episode is uh, being released on your birthday. Happy birthday. I'm sure I will be celebrating with you uh, around that time. And don't worry, I won't tell people how old you are. I'll let you do that yourself. Oh, and actually, you should be on an episode soon. Uh, My dad, I may have mentioned in the past, uh, made his living being an actor and doing voiceover work. So being in front of a microphone uh, is very normal to him. Uh, So he should definitely do some episodes. And uh, you can look forward to that in the future. I'm sure he'll do that. All right, first word for this episode is animal. A-N-I-M-A-L. Uh, I love animals. They're great. Uh, this is the first of two forms. It's a noun from the 14th century. One, any of a kingdom, animalia, of living things, including many-celled organisms and often many of the single-celled ones, as protozoans, that typically differ from plants in having cells without cellulose walls, in lacking chlorophyll, and the capacity for photosynthesis in requiring more complex food materials as proteins in being organized to a greater degree of complexity and in having the capacity for spontaneous movement and rapid motor responses to stimulation. That was a very long definition, obviously, uh, but it basically went through all the different things that uh, make up something that you would call an animal. 2a. One of the lower animals as distinguished from human beings. 2b. We have the synonym mammal, and then it says broadly the word vertebrate or vertebrate. 3. A human being considered chiefly as physical or non-rational. Also, this nature. So the nature of being animal, I guess. 4. A person with a particular interest or aptitude, as in a political animal. Five, we have the synonyms matter, M-A-T-T-E-R, and thing, T-H-I-N-G, as in the theater is an entirely different animal. And that is from Arthur Miller. And then to finish off the five definition, it says also the 1C definition for the word creature. Animal-like is an adjective, and let's look at the etymology. This is uh, from the Latin animale, which is the neutral of animalis, which means animate. That is from uh, anima, which means soul. We learned that in the previous episode. And there's more at the word animate. Maybe that's uh, part of the reason why I like animals, uh, is because I also like animation. All right, now let's get to the second definition or the second form of the word animal. This one is an adjective uh, from 1615. One, of relating to, resembling, or derived from animals. 2A, of or relating to the physical or sentient as contrasted with the intellectual or rational. 2B, we have the synonyms sensual and fleshly. Fleshly, that's a weird one. 3 of or relating to the animal pole of an egg or to the part from which ectoderm normally develops. And for all the definitions, uh, it says a synonym is the word carnal, C-A-R-N-A-L. 
animalie, with a double L-Y at the end, is an adverb. Next, we have animal control, two words. This is a noun from 1957, an office or department responsible for enforcing ordinances relating to the control, impoundment, and disposition of animals. Next, we have animal cracker, two words. This is a noun from 1892, a small cookie in the shape of an animal. I'm probably not alone in this, but it was always fun to eat different portions first, like, oh, I ate off their head, or oh, I ate their leg, or whatever. Good thing they don't have feelings, because they're just cookies, and they're made to be eaten. Next, we have animalcule. Boy, I don't know if I'm saying that right. Uh, It's the word animal with C-U-L-E added to the end, so it's all one word. Uh, And it looks like animalculum is another form. This is a noun from 1662, a minute, usually microscopic organism. So we have the word molecule, uh, similar similar suffix with the same suffix. Uh, and so this is animalcule or animalcule, basically a very small animal, I guess. Next, we have animal heat, two separate words. This is a noun from 1748. Heat produced in the body of a living animal by functional, chemical, and physical activities. Next is animal husbandry. Again, two separate words. This is a noun from 1898. A branch of agriculture concerned with the production and care of domestic animals. I've always been curious why they have the word husbandry in in situations like this. I just haven't uh, actually taken the time to look up where this word comes from or why they use it in these situations. Um, But yeah, it was just something that I've always been curious about. Next, we have animalier. So it's the word animal plus I-E-R at the end. This is a noun from 1912. A sculptor or painter of animal subjects. Interesting. Haven't heard that one before. Next, we have animalism. This is a noun from 1831. We just have the synonym animality, which is our next word. Uh, Animalistic is an adjective. So here we go with animality. This is a noun from 1615. One, a quality or nature associated with animals. One A, we have the synonym vitality. One B, a natural unrestrained, unreasoned response to physical drives or stimuli. Two, the animal nature of human beings. Uh, That reminds me of an animated short from Ardman Animation. They're the ones who made uh, Wallace and Gromit. Uh, You might also be familiar with Shaun the Sheep. Uh, But anyway, they made a short called Creature Comforts many years ago. It might have even won an Oscar for Best Animated Short. Uh, What they did was they went around England, or probably at least London, or whatever, and they interviewed people. Uh, They interviewed people about uh, zoos and animals and circuses and just kind of animals in general, or sometimes just their their own living conditions. And they took that audio, and they animated various uh, animals. Interesting, animal animate. We learned that earlier this episode. Uh, So they animated different clay animals to be the different people that they interviewed. Uh, Some were in zoos, some were on farms, 
or in circuses or just various situations. And the things that they say fit so perfectly to to the situations that they were in. Um, I'm probably not doing a very good job describing it, but I highly, highly recommend that you go watch this. Uh, if I can find it on YouTube, I'll put a link in the episode description because it's very clever, very well done, very funny. And in most cases, or all cases, the people didn't even know that they were going to be animated like an animal. So it's just a, a very well done uh, animated short. All right, moving on. Where were we? Uh, the animal nature of human beings. Yep. All right. Next is animalize. This is a transitive verb from 1741. One, to represent in animal form. Two, to cause to be or act like an animal. Animalization is a noun. Next, we have animal kingdom. This is a noun from circa 1766. A basic group of natural objects that includes all living and extinct animals, compared to the mineral kingdom and the plant kingdom. Next is animal magnetism, two separate words. This is a noun from 1784. One, a mysterious force claimed by Mesmer to enable him to hypnotize patients. I don't know who Mesmer is. M-E-S-M-E-R, so maybe I'll have to look him up. Two, a magnetic charm or appeal, especially the synonym sex appeal. Next, we have animal model, two words. This is a noun from 1973. An animal sufficiently like humans in its anatomy, physiology, or response to a pathogen to be used in a medical research in order to obtain results that can be extrapolated to human medicine. Also, a pathological or physiological condition that occurs in such an animal and is similar to one occurring in humans. Next, we have animal pole. This is a noun from 1887. The point on the surface of an egg that is diametrically opposite to the vegetal pole, that's not vegetable, that's vegetal, V-E-G-E-T-A-L, and usually marks the most active part of the protoplasm or the part containing least yolk. Next, we have animal rights. This is a noun from 1879. Rights as to fair and humane treatment, regarded as belonging fundamentally to all animals. Animal rightist is a noun. Uh, I do have a couple of comments on some of these, but I'm going to save them for the end. Next, we have animal spirits. Again, two words. This is a noun from 1543. One is uh, sometimes just the singular version, so animal spirit. It is obsolete. The nervous energy that is the source of physical sensation and movement. Two, vivacity or vivacity, no, probably vivacity, arising from physical health and energy. Three, a willingness to take especially economic risks. And we will do one more for this episode. Animal starch. Again, two words. This is a noun from circa 1860. We just have the synonym glycogen. There is one more at the very bottom of this column, but it goes on to the next column. Uh, so we're going to save that for the next episode. Uh, and also I wanted to save it because it is the word animate. And uh, I realized that every single word in this episode had the word animal. And it just so happened 
that uh, they are the only words that start with animal. So that worked out very well. So the word of the episode I'm going to pick is just the word animal. You probably figured that a while ago. Um, for one, it's the word that's in every single one of these entries for this episode. It's just also that animals are amazing. Uh, we all, I think, love animals to some degree. Most people love dogs. Um, I love all animals. I haven't really delved too deeply in this in this podcast. Um, I have mentioned it before, but I am vegan. My wife is vegan, uh, and we do this for uh, the ethics, for the animal rights, which of course is one of the uh, one of the entries here. We personally. Uh, don't think it's right to eat or consume any animal products. Um, we totally understand that other people are totally fine with that, and we don't we don't judge them. Um, also, I think everybody's everybody's body chemistry is different, so you might need some level of meat or something in in your body. Or also, uh, people's bodies sometimes don't really deal well with certain fruits or vegetables or things. I totally get it, uh, but again, for us, it's just ethical reasons. But I will say, and I have mentioned in the past, there are major, major, major health benefits for you if you eat less meat and dairy and eggs. Uh, and also, there are major um, environmental uh, benefits from eating less meat and dairy. I don't want to go uh, any deeper than that right now. Uh, I may never go any deeper than that in this podcast. Um, but that is just a, a big part of my life, a big part of my wife's life. Uh, she has been doing it a lot, lot longer than I have. Um, but I've always been an animal lover. Um, my only, I guess, regret would be that I didn't go vegan earlier. Um, but I'm glad that I did. I ended up losing about 40 pounds. My cholesterol went down. I'm much, much healthier than I was before. Um, and I've also, I guess, in turn, saved a lot of animals um, in the process. Um, but anyway, enough of that. I think this episode is long enough. Um, I hope that from either an ethical standpoint or a health standpoint or environmental standpoint, um, you choose to eat uh, less dairy and meat. Um, it's just really amazing how unhealthy they are for our bodies. Um, and actually, just yesterday, I watched a video about um, how eating healthier uh, and exercising and doing meditation um, will get you healthier and will lengthen the telomeres, which are the caps at the end of your genes, and how by doing that, you will age more slowly and your body will just be healthier. All right, this is the second time I'm going to say that I won't delve any more deeper, and that is true. So we're going to end this episode right now. Thank you and goodbye.